Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Well, hello there, and I am clearly not Tom Brown. This is Diane Markins in for the mysteriously elusive Tommy Brown today. And man, have I got a show for you on Koinonia. First up is Kim Knight with a great mix of stories about dealing with the loss of a spouse and maybe how not to help people who've lost a loved one. And really, it's not going to be a downer, so stay with us on that one. And listen, if you've got... You have a couple minutes, so give a shout-out to a friend who might need to hear this and uh, tell them to tune in to Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ right now on their radio in Phoenix online or on the new app. We're really easy to find, I promise, and they're going to be glad they hear this because they've got a couple minutes before she's going to be on. A bit later in the show, I'll have a little chat with Pastor Jamie George from Tennessee about his new book, Poets and Saints, with some fascinating and insightful stuff into people like C.S. Lewis and some other pretty cool saints that you wouldn't really think uh, you'd need to know something more about, but it's really good stuff. After that, the funnel really hit the fan with funny lady and therapist Kathleen Thorne, and she'll talk about how to use laughter as medicine. She's a great therapist and a really funny lady, so you're going to want to stay for that one, too. Be honest, who doesn't need a dose of that drug, right? You know, I usually use my iPad for notes, but um, last week we were doing something. My husband was getting something out of the freezer, and he took one of those hard packs that you put in an ice chest out, set it on the counter, and then forgot and left it out. And unfortunately, he set it right on top of my iPad, so it froze, and I do not have an iPad anymore. So next week for my husband's birthday, I'm getting a new iPad. In the meantime, I'm using actual old-time uh, paper notes today. So bear with me. If you hear a little rustling, I'm just because I don't have that iPad. You know, before I get to talk to these friends that I just mentioned to you that are going to be so interesting, I want to tell you kind of one of the things that's been on my mind, and that's people struggle for contentment. You know, I just kind of want to know why everybody's so disgruntled and grouchy all the time. People gripe and complain about everything from Politics, which I totally get, to Justin Bieber's latest haircut, which I totally get. No, I really don't get that because I don't care at all about Justin Bieber's haircut, Biebs or whatever they call that guy. But you get what I'm saying, right? I mean, people gripe and complain about everything. And my motto is don't complain if you don't have a solution to offer. So guess what? I wrote a little book called Contentment Connection, 75 Ways to Grow Joy and Satisfaction. Yes, that is a shameless plug, but I also think you might actually benefit from some of these tips, and particularly if you're one of those whining gripers I was just talking about, and you know who you are. Your spouse for sure knows who you are. So this book just might be something that you're going to want to take a look at. I think part of the problem is we live in a really driven culture. Rather than measuring success with a well done from God, we measure it in dollars and job titles and even our kids' accomplishments, which is really, really bad. You know, contentment is that teensy little space between overachiever and lazy no account, right? They seem to kind of butt up against each other. So it takes some awareness and effort to wedge yourself a spot right in the middle of contentment. I've noticed a few roadblocks that people hit when it comes to being satisfied, and one is the myth of getting the job done. You know, we tell ourselves, I'll be satisfied when I weigh this much or when I get that promotion or when my kid graduates. 
But this is a lie straight from the enemy who loves to keep us on the hamster wheel. Realistically, when you reach that goal, magically, another brass ring appears. So contentment is just kind of or can seem like a little bit, I don't know, like the Loch Ness Monster. You know, we've heard of it, but we've never seen it. We've never touched it. And it's never lived in our backyard. So I have some ways in this little book that may help you to develop a little bit of closeness with contentment. I'm Diane Markins in for Tommy Brown on Coinonia Today, and we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Koinonia. I'm Diane Markins filling in for Tommy Brown. You can find me all over social media at Diane Markins, which is M-A-R-K-I-N-S, just so you can put a face with my name. And my first guest today is newly published author Kim Knight. Kim is kind of a veritable genius in the realm of helping people who are in career transition. And she's a a Bible teacher, a retreat speaker, and she commutes between Dana Point, California, right here in Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome, Kim. Hey, Diane. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. And Kim and I have known each other for a long time, so I was really excited when she wrote this book. And, you know, I have to say that I just keep praying and keeping my fingers crossed and all that good stuff that I'm going to not need your book for a really, really long time, Kim. We will all pray for that. I really appreciate it. it. And so I'm going to tell you the name because now you're saying, what in the world? It's called Widow's Might, and that's spelled M-I-G-H-T, not like the Bible's M-I-T-E. And embracing life after the loss of your spouse, which is a really hard thing to go through. And I, like I said, I am so glad I've been married for 37 years, and I don't want to have to walk that journey. Kim, you did, and, and way too young, and I know way too suddenly. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of how that happened? You know, I can. Um, my husband and I, I actually worked for my husband for 20 years in the uh, financial services industry. And um, he, as, as happens, he was downsized out of his job. And we decided to buy a franchise that we were getting ready to operate. And we actually bought it on March 1st of 2013. And on March 4th of 2013, uh, Dale went to the bank to open a checking account and had an aneurysm in his aorta, and he did, uh, he lived long enough to have surgery, and we're really grateful for that, but he did not survive that and died the next day, so And And how, how old were both of you when this happened, Kim? 56. Both of us were 56. Yeah, well, that's a lot too young, so not something that you were thinking, okay, we're getting, you know, some people, I mean, let's face it, I, I know a lot of people in their 80s and, and upwards are thinking, you know, we're we're hitting that golden age, and we don't know for sure what tomorrow's going to bring, but when you're 56, you still think you've got a lot of time to go, right? You know, absolutely, Diane, and one of the things, um, and, and one of the things I really kind of stress in the book is, um, you know, time, we all take time for granted. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. 
and it's such it's such a precious gift. And one thing that I've learned going forward is I, I no longer take time for granted. I really don't. And, you know, it can happen. And I was surprised to learn, too, um, I was 56 uh, when my husband died, and that is actually the median age for people to become widows, which is way younger than I anticipated that age would be. Mm -hmm. And you know what's interesting about this, Kim, I think is it's not just for somebody in their 50s to say, hey, hold up, people die of heart attacks in their 50s. This could happen to anyone who's been married for five minutes. I mean, this could happen to a 30-year-old. Anybody can experience this. So your message of the value of time and treating people the way they should be treated and maximizing things is awesome. Thank you. And, and you know, honestly, I spoke to a number of widows for this book, um, the youngest person I spoke to was 28 years old, Ugh. and she was widowed when she was 20. Wow. And that was, an, uh, you know, an unusual situation. Her husband was in the military, mm-hmm. and uh, he was killed uh, during active duty military service. But it can happen. It can happen at any age. Nobody likes to think about it. Uh, in fact, when I wrote the book, uh, people, it's kind of, well, you've written books. I'm sure you mm-hmm. know people, oh, what are you writing about? What's mm-hmm. the title? And uh, so I, I say, well, it's. It sounds kind of sad, and the title is Widow's Might, and everybody's like, oh, I don't even like to say the word widow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's, it's something that a lot of us are going to encounter this at some point in our lives. People don't like to think about it, but um, it does happen. And so the message of the book is, so how do we go forward from here and embrace, you know, what life has to offer? Right. And so what are some steps that you think people need to take? Well, um, one of the things I think that uh, something that happens early on in the process is everybody kind of feels guilty. And and really, there's nothing to feel guilty about, you know, um, that you survived your spouse, you know, is is just a fact of life. And a lot of people, oh, I wish I had known this. I wish I had done that. But, you know, just to not feel guilty and and just it's a thing that happens. And um, I'm just going to embrace the life I have left. And I've been really living intentionally since this happened when you're with me you know you're with me and I'm engaged and yeah uh, I want to yeah I want to be fully present for the moment and that would be my first piece of advice is mm. just, you know don't let life pass you by just because this is your journey I love that you know I'm going to just read this one little part out of your book <laughs> I just love it it's um it's is my spouse in heaven all right now this is a Christian radio station and you and I are both believers but not everybody is. And I'm sure that's a question that people ask or they wonder. They're not 100 percent sure if their spouse was. Right. So right. you, you ahead, say sorry. you say my questions were fairly pedestrian. Is Dale in heaven? Can he see me? Is he dating? I know that's <laughs> weird, but I did wonder, will he be waiting for me when I get there? Who gets to go to heaven? You have all these questions that I think are just so funny. And I think people, you know, you would. Your mind would go to these crazy places. Are there some really, you know, cute chicks up there that he's checking out? I know heaven's not like that. But still, I mean, you just, <laughs> your mind goes to these crazy places because your spouse isn't sitting next to you anymore. He's in a different realm. So tell us a little bit about that process. Well, that's really interesting for me, and it and just a full disclosure. Not only are we on a Christian radio station, but it is a Christian book. Mm-hmm. Um, the The book was I was actually um, invited to write the book by a Christian publishing house, Broad Street. I'm so happy to have the opportunity. But then you have to sit down and figure out, you know, what what is my journey here? What what am I thinking about this? And I did think a lot. I absolutely believe uh, Dale is in heaven. 
Um, there's a lot in the book about, you know, when do we go to heaven? Theologians disagree about that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm certainly not an expert on that. But um, I do, I'm so grateful that um, I feel like Dale is in heaven. Um, I've had a few little moments that I felt like God was watching me and, and knew I was still here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and you know, I talked with our minister that we share, Alan Fuller, mm-hmm. in Phoenix, and, and I said, you know, Alan, what do you tell people? When they ask you, is, is my spouse in heaven? Because I didn't want to say the wrong thing. Right. And he goes, you know, the short answer, Kim, is nobody really knows. Mm-hmm. And nobody really does know. But the better question is, you know, what can I do while I'm still here to ensure my salvation? And the book goes into that a little bit. Right. And and I guess it's it's not about knowing because that's not what faith is. It's about believing. And, and what does the Bible say? And then what do you believe about that? And that's if, if you and your spouse have had the kind of relationship that my husband and I have, where we pray together every day, we talk about the Lord, we talk about our, our eternity and those kinds of things. So I, you know, I'm, I pretty much know that the second he dies, I'm going to believe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be pretty sure that where he is or, you know, that he's down here and there's women chasing him around on earth while I'm in heaven. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever's going to happen. Who's going to go first? But anyway, well, tell us a little bit about how your faith helped you with, with strength and just to get through the day when this happened. Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, I have a really great support system. And, you know, I, I hope that for anybody that goes through this, you really do need it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always tell people I'm, I'm a really strong person. I mean, you know, you are. Me. Oh, yeah. you are. <laughs> we are strong, strong minded. And, you know, I'm not a wimpy person. I, I did not want to become a tragic figure just because this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so at first, um, I kind of faked it till I made it, if you know what I mean. I do. Like, it's very kind of, um, you know, it's shocking. It was totally unexpected when my husband died. I was very involved at our church, and um, I didn't want people to think that I couldn't handle it. And Ugh. so, I mean, I you know what? I think I would have just been under a, a blanket somewhere. I was amazed at you. I, I, I have to say, I'm just thinking, wow, where is that strength coming from? I know it's from God, but still. You, Absolutely, it blew me away. You were you were my hero and just a role model for that. What what would you do differently? Um, you know, honestly, um, along those same lines, I think maybe I just said a few things to more people on the days I was struggling. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I know people that could help me. I know people that could comfort me, and. You know, when you're just trying so hard every day to make it and, and be happy and show up and be present, and I have two kids, and I had a dog and a home, and, you know, life goes on. And so I do think that, you know, there's no tragedy in saying, hey, I'm sad today. I, I need help today. Um, I talked with another gentleman who attends our church that went through this about the same time, mm-hmm. and he said exactly the same thing. I wish I had asked for help. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and it doesn't have to be uh, professional help. You know, tell a friend, you know, today I am sad. Right. Uh, I think a lot of friends don't want to speak about your husband because they think it's a sad moment for you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, talk about that person. Tell funny stories. Um, I did have a great faith walk. I felt like God was there for me from day one. 
uh, if I have, if I had a minute to share a little tiny story, mm-hmm. um, my my uh, life verse in the Bible is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to uh, prosper you and not to harm you. Mm-hmm. And I okay, nobody knows that's my life verse. Mm. And about two weeks after Dale died, I got a gift from his aunt, and it was literally a one by one foot sampler of my life verse. Wow. And you know, there's like 54,000 verses in the Bible and she could have picked any one of them to send me. And I, for me, it was so affirming that Mm -hmm. God saw me, Dale saw me, Mm -hmm. life is going to go on and, and it's going to be okay. It is going to be okay too. I mean, that's just so great. And I, the book is so good. I mean, it has so much in it for, for widows, widowers, and a lot of other people, maybe people that are trying to help someone through this. You know, I think we have a couple of books to give away, too. So if you just on your social media page, if you do pound sign Widow's Might and at Kim Knight, at Diane Markins, and at Faith Talk 1360, if you tag us, you'll be entered to win one of these great books. So just get on that right away and do it. Uh, Kim, you know, it's just been such a joy to have you here. And the book is fabulous. You, are, it's, Thank you, they pick, they picked the right person to write it because you did a fabulous job. And I know that you are going to be doing amazing things for women and, and men that have gone through this really uh, difficult time in life. So thank you so much for joining me. I'm Diane Markins. I'm in for Tommy Brown on Koinonia. And we're going to take a little break here. So check me out at dianemarkins.com. And we'll be right back with more Koinonia. This is Diane Markins. I'm in for Tommy Brown today on Koinonia. And you're listening to a little bit of All Sons and Daughters. My guest right now is Pastor Jamie George, George, who founded the Journey Church in Franklin, Tennessee in 2006 as a safe haven for artists and the religiously wounded. And I say that with air quotes because I'm going to talk to him a little bit about that. In addition to writing Poets and Saints, Love Well, and The Wisdom of Solomon, the Road to Hana, or R2H, The Road to Hana. He has collaborated with New York Times bestselling novelist Karen Kingsbury, which I love her, on The Heart of the Story, A Study of the Family of Jesus. You are a busy guy. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Diane. Great to be back. It's good to hear from you. I, well, this isn't my show, but you were on my show before, and it's really good to hear from you. I remember that. I was looking forward to connecting again. Good. Yeah, I had a great time with you the last time. Yeah, we really did. Well, I have to get back to that. What do you mean by the religiously wounded? Well, when we planted Journey, you know, we were a church plant, and um, my wife and I fit that category. You know, just uh, 
Anxious to love God, searching for grace, aware to a degree, though not nearly what we thought, of our own brokenness, and trying to find a safe place where we could have doubts, ask questions, and explore our faith. And we'd been through some circumstances uh, for myself all the way back in college, and then sometime, some of our time in ministry, where it just, um, it, to call it out, there, we experienced religious abuse, where mm-hmm. uh, highly judgmental people um, were not really interested in being loving, but were more interested in being right. So, and, uh, our listeners, are, are, you, are you listening to this, listeners? If you're one of those people, take note of what he's saying, because Pastor Jamie knows, and I, man, I'll tell you, I know so many people who fit in this category. I don't think there's too many of us who haven't been wounded or hurt by something that's been done in that church building or in the name of Jesus, and it's not by Jesus. It's by people who are just maybe sometimes well-intentioned, but really make a big mistake, right? And that's it. I, you know, I, I, Journey's been around now for about 10 years, and walking with so many people who've come through this. We're kind of in the buckle of the Bible Belt, so mm-hmm. there are quite a few people that we've come across along the way, and folks who kind of, if I introduce you to some of these stories, folks who come to the Journey and they almost come in physically ducking. Mm. You know, like, I, I, I'm afraid I'm going to get hit with something. I'm afraid mm. you're going to, it, it, it almost like an abuse victim, you know, physically. Yeah. And they come in, and I'll tell you, Diane, part of my own experience has been, even recently, going through a season of being brokenhearted. We went through a season of a lot of loss and mm. grief. And, you know, when you're brokenhearted, and I also went through a season really being mis- misjudged. You know, when somebody judges you, they're going after your motives. They, they've kind of bypassed the behavior, mm-hmm. which is difficult because it doesn't give you a chance to take ownership and go, man, I, man, if I blew that, I want to own it. I want to say I'm sorry. Or maybe we just clear up a misunderstanding. When you bypass the behavior and you just drop down into making judgments about someone's motives, it's just what it is. It's going after your character. Mm-hmm. I've been through a season where, you know, A, been misjudged, B, a lot of grief, and, mm-hmm. and have had to come to grips with, wow, I've been brokenhearted. And you know what the greatest value for me when I'm broken in that place, and I think this is true for most of us? What's that? Emotional safety. Mm-hmm. And it's so yeah. hard to come by, isn't it? I mean, it really is. So I really applaud you for recognizing that and creating that space for people. I mean, that is that is tremendous. Well, we only have a little bit of time because I could talk about that subject all day long, <laughs> and, and I think we could do it for an hour. But let's move on a little bit. I want to hear yeah. about All Sons and Daughters. I mean, you have got some heavy hitters in this project. Can you tell a little bit about that? Well, David and Leslie have been leading worship here. They met at, met at Journey. Leslie was our babysitter. They started writing songs together, and, and, and they basically said, hey, we were around so many broken people, we have to write new songs that reflect what they're going through. All Sons and Daughters was birthed, and this is now third, fourth album they've done, and we just thought, hey, what if we do a project together uh, in, in relation to our Christian heritage? We'd started a series at church. Leslie had been doing some reading. And what if we went to Europe, and our publisher would send us there, go to all these old sites of these old poets and saints, capture our experience on video, turn it into a Bible study, and come back with an album and book that fit next to each other? (laughs) When we first told the publisher, they were like, this is crazy. 
But they went for it, and lo and behold, in just about a week, everything uh, <laughs> releases and drops. It's, it's been a crazy, crazy it's, ride. Uh, so how does the book, and we're going to talk about the book just coming up here in a second, but how does the book work with the album? The book is called Poets and Saints. So how does it work it, together with yeah. the album? Same name as the album. So if you ever listen to an album and you ever wonder, well, I wonder what inspired him about that song. Mm-hmm. I wonder where that song came from. Mm-hmm. Well, the book is the memoir of our trip. Oh, I see. So you get the memoir of our trip woven in with spiritual or with uh, with the biography snapshots, biographies of each of these poets and saints. And so each song they wrote are literally lyrics from the writings of some of these poets and saints. And so I basically tell their story. Some of the writings come up in the songs, and so each song goes with each chapter. Mm, and I'll tell you what the you heard at the beginning of this. If you're listening, the the music is spectacular. And what's really cool is when you go on YouTube and pull these songs up. There's a this, there's kind of some uh, some storytelling that goes with it that that talks that breaks in and and talks a little bit about it that I'm sure pairs up with the book too or follows along with the book, right? Yeah, exactly. I love that. I mean, and it's beautiful. The imagery is pretty. I mean, you guys, you nailed it. It's really, really good. Well, I do want to talk about the book for a minute. And first, for anybody who's listening, I want to assure you that this is not a dry academic piece of work. It's really engaging. And I have, I I confess, I haven't read the whole thing yet because this was kind of a last minute deal. But I have read some of it and I love what I've read. And um, Jamie, so explain the concept. Did you go to Europe to research this specifically? Did it does it look the way you thought it would when you set out, or did it evolve? Did it become something kind of different? T- tell us a little bit about the process. Yeah, a little all of the above. You know, we kind of went with an idea. Leslie had come up, stumbled across that phrase, poets and saints in a Madeline the Engel book. And, and we've been doing the study on church history, so we said, well, let's just go after some of these people that we think either A, have inspired us, or we think will. Mm-hmm. We read a little bit about St. Francis and George MacDonald and C.S. Lewis and mm-hmm. St. Therese. So we really went in without a lot of knowledge about most of them. You know, C.S. Lewis, we knew a little more, but we just went in, and then we would go to, you know, their home, or the place they lived, or the place they served, and just kind of immerse ourselves in it. And then we would ask questions about their lives, and what emerged, I mean, one of the things that was really, really um, prescient was uh, the theme of suffering that existed in every one of their lives. Mm. And we were struck by that. And so you kind of catch us in this curriculum now, this small group curriculum, which is what the DVD is, Mm -hmm. um, working it out. I mean, us struggling with their struggles and asking questions and and why did this happen? And how, and how did this person persevere through this kind of tragedy? And why did they say that? You know, so we're kind of working it out in process, mm-hmm. uh, which I think makes it fun for a small group curriculum. It's not a, it's not a talking head, but Zach Pritchard, who shoots 30 for 30 for ESPN, who's just mm-hmm. an amazing filmmaker. Right. He, he just, he captured these moments of us kind of experiencing where we were. And then, and then we're kind of with you in the room. Yeah. Going, hey, let's let's talk about Jesus and and how he relates to people together. Yeah, that takes it up such a notch. It's it's really nice. And I I want to mention that we have a few books to give away, and all you have to do to be entered to win is to post something that mentions 
um, hashtag poets and saints on your um, social media pages and then tag at Faith Talk 1360 and at Diane Markins. And then you'll be entered to win one of these wonderful books. And you've got till Monday, so we'll pick a few people to send copies to. So, so you know, I want to—I have to say, I'm like you, and probably like so many other people. C.S. Lewis is one of my all-time favorites, and you talk in the book about how his Narnia character Aslan played a really big role in shaping your perception, especially as a young guy of God, mm. right? And here's a yeah. passage. Here's a passage from um, the chapter on C.S. Lewis. It says in his book, A Grief Observed, Lewis wrote, "God has not been trying." An experiment has not been trying an experiment on my faith or love in order to find out their quality. He knew it already. It was I who didn't. In this trial, he he makes it he makes us occupy the dock, the witness box, and the bench all at once. He always knew that my temple was a house of cards. He only his only way of making me realize the fact was to knock it out. Anyway, and so you, you go on and talk about this, and throughout Lewis's life in particular, because of Joy's death, Lewis searched for the truth. Yes. I love this passage and how you address this. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, to watch Lewis, who is this reluctant convert, I mean, he does not want <laughs> to follow God, you know? Right. And then to watch J.R.R. Tolkien and some of these other, and, and by the way, the DVD is shot in the, the little pub where they used to meet, I mean, really, on That's location, cool. which was really amazing. But, um, you know, to watch these people who, these friends, who really were instrumental in, in bringing him to faith, and then to get married later, late in life, and, and just to be totally in love, and then to watch Joy die. Mm-hmm. Um, After such a short it, time. Yes. They weren't married very long at all. And the crisis of faith that he goes through, when he first wrote several of those things, I can't remember if it was Grief Observed or um, a couple of his other books, he, he didn't even write them under his own name. He, wasn't, he was afraid right. to, when he first published them, you know, uh, because he's, he's asking so many questions. And I think his courage to ask questions to doubt is actually what gets him to the truth. Mm, yeah. Over and over again, it's the courage to explore Mm-hmm. that allows him to connect with God at such deep places. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and it's just so rare to see that kind of courage. And there's a lot of people now that just don't want to speak up because they know they're going to get criticized or laughed yes. at, right? So yes. it's it's a very, it's it may be an age-old theme, but it's still a very modern and relevant theme. Um, you know, we are going to have to just bail out of here in just a second, and we barely got started on this. Um, just, just tell us a little bit about, and I mean like 30 seconds, Seconds worth of the the people that you talk about in the book, and literally thirty seconds. So we got Saint Therese, um, George MacDonald, who is an inspiration to C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis is another one. Saint Augustine, Saint Francis, uh, John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace, William Cooper, one of English's finest poets. Uh, Saint Patrick, that's super interesting. John Calvin, Martin Luther, Saint Peter. Uh, it's 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 a ball just it, climbing into their lives. It's, it's really really good. The music is good. This the DVD, the whole package. Uh, Jamie George, thank you for being with us. And you guys, please go do some uh, some hashtagging here of Poets and Saints and at Diane Markins because you're going to want to win one of these books. Hey, we'll be right back in just a few minutes with some funny talk on Koinonia.
Hey, this is Diane Markins. I, I'm in for Tommy Brown. I don't know where he's at today, but he's off wandering around doing some good somewhere. I'm absolutely sure of that. This is Koinonia, and we are having a really good time today. Boy, you can go back and listen to this show because you are going to want to hear some good stuff from my first guest, Kim Knight, who talked about her book, Widow's Might. And then we talked to Jamie George out of Tennessee, and he talked about his new book, Poets and Saints, and and some really fascinating stuff that your group might want to use for a Bible study and also some fabulous music that you want to check out. Up up now, I've got a really wonderful guest. Uh, Kathleen Thorne is the co-founder of the Scottsdale Relationship Center, where clients' relationships with themselves, others, and God are truly transformed. Kathleen provides insight and instruction to a wide variety of people who feel blocked in some way and helps them feel themselves, free themselves, I'm sorry, to live more fully. And one helpful technique is laughter. Kathleen not only talks about laughter, but her clients and audiences experience the benefit of laughter firsthand and welcome Kathleen Thorin. Hello, it's so great to be on. I'm listening to you. You're a fabulous hostess. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I sure do enjoy this. I, I It's kind of like, you know, getting back in the saddle again. I've been off for a long time, but I was really thrilled when Tommy Brown asked me to, to kind of jump in today. It's it's just such a fun thing for me. You know, you are funny, but I haven't really gotten <laughs> to experience that too much from you. So I'm. this is going to be a new, uh, a new deal for me, too. So <laughs> I want to just kind of jump in with a few random questions. So first of all, you're a therapist, a counselor, and I don't think people really think in terms of therapists or counselors. We think of, you know, Mr. Uh, or Dr. Freud or somebody, you know, somebody that is really serious and they've got their little notepad in their hand. How does that pair up with you? Oh, well, because <laughs> you're pretty and you're smart. So when I do therapy, I come from the point of view that people are actually more amazing than they even know. And what I get to do is uncover, take off the blocks so that they can literally see it and know it. In fact, I actually guarantee that. If you finish my, I have a course, and if you finish it, I guarantee you'll see yourself completely differently than you ever saw yourself before. You'll have more compassion for yourself, more understanding of those voices, the one on your left and your right shoulder that are always saying, do this, do this, no, 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 don't, 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 don't. You'll know exactly who they are, why they're saying what they're saying, and what to do about it. And that so, one that says, I'm not good enough? That just, we add that in because all of us need to get less serious and get rid of serious-itis. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And like I said, that, that other voice that says, I'm not good enough, or I can't do this, or I'm a fake, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> well, tell us about how laughter helps reduce stress, because I can't think of anybody I know that doesn't have a little too much of that in their life. Oh, we all have stress. In fact, it's just 6.5 million people uh, take days off at work a year mm. from just stress-related diseases. So stress is one of the things about laughter is it prevents hardening of the attitude. <laughs> so that changes our perspective and the way that we look at things. Mm. Stress builds relationships, and when we have good relationships with other people, we're less stressed. We're stressed when we're worried, when we're concerned, when we're anticipating, when we're um, uh, trying to be hypervigilant about how should we act or how shouldn't we act. It also fosters mutual respect. When we laugh, I've laughed and done laughter workshops with over 400 people at the aviation, Sky Harbor Airport. Wow. The aviation department. And so we have the city manager right down with the guy who sweeps up the, you know, the areas to clean the airport. And together, laughing together, you you, you 
there's no one can laugh better than the, another person. And so it builds this mutual respect where, like, oh, we're the same. We're, mm. we're one. We can understand each other, even though there aren't words spoken. It's an equalizer, so, isn't it? Yes. That's absolutely. A, that's polite. tremendous. Well, can you demonstrate a laughter exercise with us so uh, so that people can hear what you're talking about? Yes, that's my favorite part because I am not a talking head. I love uh, all my audiences when I speak <laughs> for corporations and places. I definitely make sure everybody gets to experience laughter for more than half of it. So, so when we think about laughter, we um, we want to end in ha, ho, or he. The word. So, if you think of Hawaii, in Hawaii, they say aloha, right? Mm-hmm. So it's perfect. So what we do is we stand up. People look at each other because laughter is contagious. We want to look in each other's eyes. We shake hands and we say aloha. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I mean, what a simple, silly little thing to do. Yeah, yeah. The, what, what I teach the la- with the laughter workshop is laughter for no reason. Mm-hmm. So I don't tell jokes. I don't stand up and do comedy routines. I, it's literal laughter for no reason at all because your body doesn't know the difference between real laughter and fake laughter. And I also, and I'm sure you will affirm this uh, or confirm, I, I think that your body a lot of times doesn't know the difference between laughter and crying. I mean, I, it is such a release to just be able to laugh. Mm-hmm. So I yes. think I, so I can understand that stress relief from that standpoint. Now, I remember Patch Adams, that movie where Robin Williams dressed up like a clown to meet with his patients and all that. It was, isn't he, I mean, was that valid? Yes, absolutely. They started seeing incredible results because he, as well as Dr. Kataria, who started the World Laughter Movement, even though laughter's been around since, you know, the beginning of time, God laughed in heaven, um, that Patch Adams and Dr. Kataria, both medical doctors, noticed their patients healed faster when they had a better attitude, when they weren't stressed. Stress causes our, us to constrict our blood flow. We breathe shallow. We don't allow all the nutrients that need to come through our body to be moved into, into our body through relaxation. And so it's lightening the kids up. He started with the, with the children, Patch Adams did. Um, Dr. Kataria started in India on the beaches with adults and, and found out we have to find a fast way of getting people to relax, to stop the stress, mm-hmm. to release adrenaline and endorphins and stimulate the oxygen through the bloodstream. And when they make them laugh, when they make them lighten up, they heal much faster. Dr. Uh, Patch Adams has the Gesundheit Institute, and I really suggest looking that up on the Internet, and you'll see his what the Institute looks like. It's pretty fun, pretty crazy. And he's very fun. I've been able to be trained under him, and he's really a... Fun, fun guy. That's terrific. I mean, did that inspire you to start incorporating this, or were you already kind of headed down that path? 
Well, I actually had someone else come and do a laughter workshop um, because I was really interested in it, and I not only fell in love with her, she was a wonderful, she's a really dear friend now, and um, but also what happened to my the people that I had, my client who she came in to do the workshop, we had about 40 people, and the benefits from them, their, their mood lightened, their sense of possibility lightened, their ability to think more clearly for new creative solutions, and there were actual real results. It's not we, we take laughter too lightly. <laughs> That's a funny thing funny. to say, but yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. It's it's like, serious. I take it too lightly. Right? I actually like that ten day, like lighten up. I like yes, let's Right. Up. I mean, la- laughter is serious business in this case, right? I mean, okay. It, so tell us about the. I, I know that you know, kind of when I was posting on social media ahead of time, I said laughter as medicine, laughter as therapy. So tell us about the physical benefits of laughter. Okay. Well. Just a few of them is it increases relaxation, what I've talked about a little bit. It conditions the abdominal muscles, which is really interesting. All those who want to get work on their stomach muscles, one minute of laughter, full-out laughter, is like 10 minutes on a rowing machine. Wow. Okay. So I'd, I'd definitely rather, i pick laughing. Definitely. Yes. Yes, my clients, when my audiences, they literally can feel they're breathing deeper when we do these exercises, and they can feel their abdominal muscles. Mm. It also protects the stomach from ulcers, Mm -hmm. transports nutrients to the body, it lowers the blood pressure, which is really, really, really powerful and important. Exercises your lungs. You won't believe, but you'll start actually breathing from your diaphragm, which is a deeper breath. It gets down to the bottom of your lungs. So it exercises your lungs. Mm-hmm. It increases oxygen into the bloodstream. gives you that endorphins and adrenaline, which are always nice. Those give us some strength. You mm-hmm. know about adrenaline. If something happens, you know, we go into, into uh, uh, stress mode, and we can, you know, adrenaline can give us strength. Well, this is a nice way to do it laughter mm-hmm. to get that adrenaline. It also releases interleukin-2, which are the interleukin-2, which is an enzyme, mm-hmm. and that boosts your immune system. So we actually are like a vitamin, like a preventative medicine. So you're boosting your immune system to keep you healthier. Well, Those are some of the physical. So, so, I mean, obviously, this is an endorsement for laughter. We all think it's a good thing. But you know what? Laughter doesn't come easily for a lot of people, especially, you know, like in my last two guests, we're talking about going through some pretty heavy things, difficult things like losing a spouse. And then uh, Jamie George just talked about some of the, the saints like C.S. Lewis going through the loss of his spouse and, and hard things. So really quickly, and we literally just have, you know, a minute left. What can people do to incorporate more laughter in their life, and how can they get in touch with you? Um, incorporating more laughter is look up websites, Dr. Kataria, K-A-T-A-R-I-A, or the theworldlaughtertour.com. You'll find lots there. You'll just go on YouTube and put in laughter exercises. You'll be able to see that. Um, incorporating, so you can, that gets you started because someone else is laughing on the internet and they can laugh with them. Mm-hmm. I laugh, I use laughter literally when I'm down the most because I need to think more creatively for solutions. And so it, because it actually causes the synapses between your left and your right brain, which makes you more good, and it causes them to fire off faster. Mm. So that's um, great. And so are you doing any of these laughter workshops soon? Well, yes, I've got a, that we're working right now with the Anthem Foster and Adoptive Association because I just did the kids' blitz for them, um, a big foster 
an adoptive family convention that they had at the Chesterfield Bible Church. Oh, that's then, awesome. So that's coming up, and um, so it, I'm just always got new things coming up, but you can always call me anytime. I also do 30-minute free consultations, so my number is 602-315-5997. Oh, that's and great. And, you know, you can get that stuff. on. I'm going to have some of this stuff on my social media. Connect with me at dianemarkins.com or diane at dianemarkins.com, and I will send you this information. Kathleen Thorne, thank you so much, and I hope everybody goes off here and looks for a good laugh today. We'll be right back in a few minutes with more Koninia. Welcome back to Quinania. I'm Diane Markins, filling in for the wonderful Tommy Brown. He'll be back tomorrow. Hasn't this just been so fun? Man, I don't know if it's been as much fun for you as it has been for me, but I've had a really good time. I hope you'll check out the new Faith Talk 1360 app and see what we're up to on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And I even posted a picture of me in studio today just so you can see what we're actually doing, uh, you know, with a little, little visual there. Hey, I want to share one more tip from my new book, Contentment Connections, 75 Ways to Grow Joy and Satisfaction, which is a little pocket-sized nugget and makes a pretty fun gift. It's brand new, and you can only find it on my website for right now. Are you ready? Here it is. Treat yourself with kindness. The God of the universe adores you. You probably spend uh, just a ton of time working and serving other people, so do something nice for yourself today. Irma Bombeck once said, just think of all those women on the Titanic who said no thank you to dessert that night. And for what? You know, on occasion, you need to allow yourself a treat, a dessert or two desserts, a long nap, a pedicure, even a mindless TV show if that's your thing. You are loved by God and worthy of special treatment. Just keep that in mind. It will absolutely spill over to others, so be good to yourself. If you want more encouragement and tips for living a satisfied life, visit my website, dianemarkins.com, and that's spelled M-A-R-K-I-N-S. There's a free ebook devotional waiting for you, so just click on over, and please connect with me on social media. Just search for Diane Markins, and my face will pop right up. Like, share, follow, and tag, and I'll get right back to you, I promise. Hey, if your church is planning a luncheon, conference, or retreat, let's talk about having me come and share about how God wants you to stop striving and find contentment with Him. It was so helpful to hear about Widow's Might by Kim Knight and how to deal with the loss of a spouse. And I know you'll want a copy of Poets and Saints by Jamie George. And you can win a copy of both their books simply by tagging and and posting on social media at Faith Talk 1360, at Tommy Brown AZ, at Diane Markins. And of course, Kathleen Thorne inspired us to laugh. You know, she's also a terrific therapist here in Phoenix. To find out more or share these interviews or connect with any of them, visit faithtalk1360.com. I'm Diane Markins. Hope you have got a little bit of something you needed to hear from God in this hour. And I want to thank Tommy Brown for letting me hang out with y'all today. He'll be back tomorrow on Koinonia at Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Mm-hmm.